Welcome to the Food Intelligence Podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights shaping the future of food and beverage. This is Lee Breimer, filling in for our regular host, Miriam Aniel. In today's episode, we're excited to unveil TasteWise's top eight trend predictions for 2024. No, we're not just talking about the usual trend suspects. We're going beyond the mainstream to uncover those hidden gems, the off the beaten path trend moments that are there to surprise and delight you. So get ready to have your taste buds tantalized as we dive deep into the emerging food trends that will take center stage in 2024. Now, if you're interested in reading the full report that powered the insights behind today's episode, make sure to visit our website, tastewise.io, to get your copy today. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our 2024 trend report. My name is Wesley Allen. I am the head of content at Tastewise. And I am, yeah, very excited to introduce you to Lee Breimer, who is our head of marketing communications. And we're going to be discussing 2024, what we see, what trends we've picked out and what we're going to be, yeah, what we are looking forward to in the coming year and what you are going to be interested in going forward as food and beverage professionals. Lee, of course, is obviously very uh, well tooled up, very well schooled in the food and beverage industry. He comes from a background working for many years in breweries. He's a huge foodie, loves making food at home, but also has been doing a lot of detailed analysis, going really deep into our trends for the last two years and knows what people like, why and how, as well as anyone here at TasteWise. So I'm, I'm very excited to be chatting with you, Lee, about what we're going to be looking forward to uh, in the coming year. So without further ado, uh, let's get started. Welcome, Lee. Awesome. Thanks, Wesley. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. I know it's Q4 really busy, so we'll try to jam-pack this session with really valuable insights for you, helping inspire you for, for Q1 and the rest of 2024. Before we get into the trends today, I do want to take a, a quick look back on our trend yes. predictions from 2023. And just happy to announce, of course, that our trends that we predicted, the top seven trends, are all still showing a lot of great growth. I want to highlight a couple of them because they actually, some of them have trickled into 2024 too. So um, we're seeing routine and ritual showing ongoing growth. And that's actually helped inspire new eating occasions and new rituals as well. I also want to call out Latin American beverages. A lot of you guys were talking about that. We've seen a great spike in non-alcoholic beverage conversations. 60% growth year over year. And we called out Agua Frescas last year, and they were the hot drink of last summer. It is showing 15% year over year growth and uh, definitely something to continue to watch, maybe with some uh, interesting flavor combinations as well. We'll get to that later. And uh, another one I want to point out too is the last one on the list, uh, women's reproductive health, showing a continued uh, growth in consumer conversations. This is really important and actually helped influence one of our trends for this year as well. Now that we've looked back, I want to kind of think about where we are in time. We're at a point where there is so much data in the world right now. We have this quote here from Forbes. 90% of the data in the world was generated over the last two years. That statistic alone is staggering. And Amazing. having data isn't just good enough anymore. You need to have the right contextualized data to get to the insights that are going to mean the most to your consumers. 
And the challenge here is that when we're inundated by so much information, in an attempt to make sense of it all, we really become slow and often inaccurate. Consumers are changing what are on their plates extremely fast. And that's why at TasteWise, we're diving into the deeper motivations to really understand the why behind consumer decisions. And this really allows us to not only identify dishes, concepts, and ingredients, but understand which ones are the ones that are going to resonate with tomorrow's consumer. So how do we do this? Um, very briefly, uh, TasteWise, we are looking to understand consumers where they are. We have a deep expertise in food and beverage. We're only specifically a food and beverage related company. That's why all of you guys are here today. Um, and we're looking at consumers both in the home and out of the home. So we're looking at, let's say, home cooking, what people are preparing at home, what dishes are they turning to, what recipes are they engaging with, what ingredients are they incorporating. We're looking also out of home. Where are the new innovations coming out of those chef restaurants? How are those flavors being used, those cuisines? What is translating to the larger chain restaurants? And what are consumers looking for on delivery? Creating those restaurant experiences at the home, as someone mentioned in the chat. So we take all of this information, link it together by that why factor, connecting social media across many different channels, and run it through our TasteWise engine, which again is that that contextualized data. Very quickly, TasteWise is using AI to collect the data, but more importantly, to clean the data and contextualize the data. So there's so much running in the background that by the time you're using, let's say, the TasteWise platform, you're coming into this slide kind of around the, the, the very right end of it, where you're making decisions and creating action out of meaningful insights. So it's really important to have any tool that you're using, whether it's for you know, marketing execution or not, you need to have it contextualized data and specific to the industry that you're working on. But enough about that and more about the trends. We have our um, top eight trends that we've uh, put together for 2024. We're going to do a deep dive into each of these and break them down. But what I want to say first is that each trend really reflects a part of a more extensive narrative. And over the last two years, this narrative has witnessed significant global disruptions. So think about, you know, conflicts, inflation, public health challenges, and the rapid technology advancements. So all of these is a smaller part of those larger impacts. And also in this report, we're specifically highlighting more off the beaten track moments and trends. I assume that many of you are familiar with the overarching long-term macro trends over the last couple of years, such as plant-based eating or the consumer need for functional foods. So we're really focusing on this report specifically about the, the more kind of off the beaten track and really unique experiences that you should be watching in 2024. So AI already is really impacting what consumers eat, and AI in 2024 will change how they feel about what they eat. It took ChatGPT only five days to reach 1 million users, and just two months to reach 100 million users. That speed of adoption is massive and really reflects the consumer need for this kind of enablement data, this, this tool that's going to really help you do things faster. People are looking for it, and the industry has come with the answers to, to those problems. Now, 
I also want to take a look kind of at the consumer side of things when it comes to food and beverage, how trends used to happen. We used to look in, you know, the early 2000s and it would be the big celebrities, the stars that would create a trend. You'd see something on a TV show and at your next party, you'd, you'd have to feature it. We saw that really come into the hands of the individual with the, the release of consumer curated content, with the release of Instagram and, and um, other similar applications. Now, delivery to your house was revolutionary for food and beverage. People were able to broaden their tastes. Instead of just knowing the restaurants around you, you got to have a huge variety of what you could experience. And even more than that, during the COVID pandemic, people were cooking more than ever, posting and also consuming content faster than ever. So we're seeing this rate of change get faster and faster. And um, what it leads us to in the end is this AI boom. And where it's gonna take us is essentially that the impact of AI extends beyond the plate and into the pre-consumption journey as well. I think someone mentioned in the chat earlier that the impact on marketing campaigns and product development as well. So I wanted to give just a couple examples looking back at 2023. Luminary was a great um, pop-up restaurant concept that was completely designed using AI for the design, the lighting, the concept, the theme, the wording, and it was quite successful. The um, other ways that brands are looking to en engage with their consumers using tech, like chatbots, using metaverse and, and like the Wendyverse you can see here, and even large brands creating beverages that are calling out that they were co-created by, by AI on the, on the label. That's a big shift in terms of how we're representing our products and developing them and bringing them to market. Now, looking forward, what I really want to highlight for AI's impact on um, food and beverage marketing is scalability in your marketing that's custom for your consumers. So if your marketing teams are not yet looking into solutions that can take their hard efforts and research and scale it to a level that's customizable for your consumers, the time is now. Think about instead of spending that all that research re, uh, resources and time and energy creating that fantastic marketing campaign that results in you know maybe 10 fantastic images, these taglines that are used all across different kinds of media, being able to take that concept and scale it not by you know 10, but by a thousand. You can create a thousand different images like that that are in line with your brand's image and then segment those advertisements to meet your consumers so that that can add can stand out from the thousands that people are getting every day. So the tip for the future is marketing teams, please look at the use of generative AI, look at it to enhance your work and to um, highlight customization for your, uh, for your products. Last thing I want to uh, talk about before we move away from AI a little bit is that uh, we hosted some fantastic events this last year where we brought together some food leaders across the industry, speaking specifically about AI for the upcoming year. And it was fantastic to hear how these big brands leading that are leading the world in production are implementing and exploring different ways to um, take advantage of AI and generative AI. Look out for more of these events in 2024 too. And if you want to engage with more of the content, we have recordings of the, of the sessions as well on our webpage. All right, this is a fun one. Affordable indulgence. So what we have seen is interest in indulgence has increased by 41% over the last year. Now, 
Affordability is also a big motivation for people growing at over 30% in the last two years. Inflation has had a big effect on consumer um, purchasing behavior. Now, these two often don't go very hand in hand, right? I mean, if you think about indulgence, you think about, you know, maybe more premium or spending a little bit more, whereas affordability is kind of the opposite of that. But what we're seeing is a growth in both affordable and indulgence together. And consumers are really wanting the best of both worlds. They're often looking for these indulgent and affordable experiences in areas like desserts, but also like main protein dishes as well. So when we apply these filters to um, looking at main meat proteins, it's really interesting what we see. A surprising ingredient is disrupting the scene and offering both health, indulgence, and savings, and that is offal. For those of you that don't know, offal, it refers to non-muscular organ meat of animals, and um, it's really highly related to consumer perception of affordability. Now, What's really interesting here is that not just looking at the graph seeing offal, but also gizzard, feet, liver, heart, whole chicken as well, um, ways that you're eating kind of like a tail to head per se. But what's really interesting is we're seeing that indulgent preparation methods when specifically applied to offal are rising over 30% year over year. So what does this look like to consumers? We're seeing this trend have an effect on meeting consumer needs where they are. People are looking for that cheap alternative, but they're also looking for a healthy alternative and tying back into their values like sustainability. So we're seeing people looking at being adventurous eaters by incorporating like chicken liver as opposed to chicken breast. But what's the point that I really want to focus on here is the nutritional value that comes along with it. People are making these dishes in a really indulgent way but they're also focusing on the health benefits and the sustainability benefits. Like you can see in the post in the middle, nose to tail eating is sustainable, minimizes waste and maximizes nutrition, calling out a lot of vitamins, minerals, like vitamin B, magnesium, zinc, and so on. And it really brings together that budget friendly and, and healthy choice. And our tip for you guys, if this is the industry or the, the category that you guys work in is um, heart is that uh, agreeable, mild flavor that's very similar to um, traditional organ meats and is the place where people can start to experiment with this kind of affordable indulgent trend. All right, really uh, a fun one here. Are there any um, cottage cheese aficionados in the crowd? We're seeing some really exciting trends and virality come out of cottage cheese, but it's really tied into a bigger need and uh, an eating occasion. So late night as an eating occasion is on the rise. It's up 18% over the last two years and has shown significant growth. Now, if we dial in on late night as an occasion itself and look at the meals that people associate with that, we're seeing that snacking is highly dominating in terms of the share of social discussion. Now, two reasons for this are kind of satisfying those late night cravings or depending on what your lifestyle is, give you that little energy boost that you need. So how does this trend really manifest? People are looking at late night eating, but the interesting part is they're not willing to sacrifice on things like sleep improvement or blood sugar and their general health trends. So people are turning to these late night snacks to help them hit those cravings, but they're not, they don't want to sacrifice their regular health 
goals. Now, how they do that is by focusing on protein and fiber, because protein and fiber are really ways that people manage to not have blood sugar spikes. And this is a really important point because when you're maintaining a balanced blood sugar and focusing on things like sleep improvement, you can't have those sugar spikes late at night. Consumers are really looking towards protein and fiber packed dishes that help them achieve that both satisfaction and craving while also highlighting um, what they're looking for. What I want to focus on here is that protein example um, focused on late night snacking that supports sleep. So we're seeing here a bedtime snack, like a Greek yogurt with protein packed. We're also seeing, you know, protein smoothies that are used to help regulate natural sleep and, you know, find that balance in that blood sugar. So this, people are really interested in these. Now, when it comes to what we started talking about, cottage cheese, this really ties in perfectly what people are looking for. Consumer interest in protein-packed cottage cheese is up 300% over the last two years, and it really is a perfect option for that late-night snacking. I like to call out here, 22% of cottage cheese occasions are already associated with snacks, so when we pair that with the need for the, the protein, that's a great way to incorporate it into that late-night occasion. Some examples of what this could look like on the plate are some cottage cheese ice cream. Has anyone in the, the audience made this for themselves? This was quite a viral trend this year. I know I have. You have? Amazing. So I, yes. I, I highlighted a couple examples here. You can see the engagement that these posts have. They're massive. And it's more important to show why they're turning to these, right? Remember, people are looking for protein. They're looking for versatility. So adding those ingredients like honey, fruit, peanut butter, really customizing it to your taste and getting that creaminess and uh, satisfaction that, that you have in those late night cravings without having to forego, you know, those blood sugar jumps and, the, and whatnot. Another option and our tip for you to uh, watch for 2024 is that pudding is a good replacement for that late night snacking occasion, specifically, let's say something instead of ice cream, and has had quite a growth in consumer interest over the last couple of years. Now, the opportunity here is that there is quite a growth, but there's a lack of recipes that online that are catering to this dish. So our tip is to create some kind of pudding recipe that's going to call out that late night indulgence, that fiber, that protein, and also making sure you're highlighting, you know, the general health claims like the sleep improvement and the, the um, managing those blood sugar spikes. Pudding and cottage cheese making their way back. Digital and pop culture and how it is affecting our food communities. Now, this is a really fun one, especially for those pop culture fans out there. We've seen a growth in togetherness, reconnection, and memory creation over the last two years. And all of these growing together are a reflection on where we've come from two years ago and that longing to rebuild relationships with friends, family, and culture. And also that memory creation component, which is starting to creep up, really is inspired by viral social media trends on TikTok, on Instagram, and uh, that's growing quite a bit year over year. Another example of this is that fun and celebration are on the rise. We're seeing a slow but steady growth in fun and celebration when it comes to dining occasions. So people are taking that 
um, that energy and turning it into um, looking for fun ways to engage with their food and beverage and celebrate. Now, the standard seasonal LTO, like, you know, Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, pumpkin spice, it's, let's say, old news, or we need to pay a little bit closer attention to pop culture that not only highlight trendy moments, but also that are rooted in a deeply important consumer why behind this behavior. On these graphs, we can see how food and beverage conversations have been inspired by trends in pop culture like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, um, Barbie is a really fun one as well. And what's the twist on this? And it's essentially that these pop culture moments are bringing together fan communities and creating this fun bond where people can answer all of those consumer needs we were looking at earlier. And it's really evident when it comes to the inspiration that's come from these dishes as well. So I wanna point out a really fun photo. This was posted by uh, the Taylor Swift official Eras Tour Twitter account, and it blew up massively. It is her and what is appears to be a chicken tender, maybe some ketchup and seemingly ranch. And it started a craze. We've seen some of the biggest brands in the world capitalize on this, whether it's marketing campaigns, like we've seen from McDonald's or Walmart, to even product development, like Kraft Heinz coming out with ketchup and seemingly ranch to go to all those Swifties out there. Now, um, another fun one that I love to point out is the Barbie sensation that was the summer of 2023 bringing us a plethora of pink themed food and beverages. Now, why is this really important? Essentially, it was really fun. It brought people together and it gave them an opportunity to celebrate. And with these celebrations, you're, you're forming these connections and, and that becomes a part of who we are and influences our, our consumption and our purchasing. So the big takeaway here is these pop culture phenomenons are more than just short-lived fads and brands need to really focus and pay attention to the trends to capture them early. And your, our tip here um, is to leverage generative AI as your secret weapon, to come up with those campaigns, to come up with those ideas. Sometimes when something's happening really quickly, it takes a lot of time for us to get together, collect ourselves. But using tools like generative AI, you can come up with some incredible content and messaging and images and whatnot very quickly that can bring this to the consumers right when they want it. It's a fun one, right? Fantastic. Yeah, very important food moment was Bobby for sure. World moment, I feel. Western yes. world, let's say. So uh, are, are there any spicy lovers in the crowd? Spice lovers? I know I am for sure. Yeah, definitely me as well. I may not look like I am uh, can handle <laughs> spicy, but I can handle it very, very well. So um, uh, something that may appeal to you guys, uh, both personally and also professionally, is that consumers are really looking for new ways to spice up their lives and their dishes. So when we look deeper into chili peppers, we know that consumers are seeking unique, authentic, and premium answers to these spices. So we've seen on this graph here that when the in the sphere of chili peppers, that the wahilo pepper is trending more than any of its other peppers in social growth. And 
is um, for those of you that aren't, by the way, aren't familiar with this pepper, it is a variety of the, the capsicum um, pepper and it's used usually in its dry format. Um, it's actually the second most common dried chili used in Mexican cuisine. So it's not anything new, but we are seeing a lot of interest um, generated because of this pepper. And what I wanna point out next is its applications too. We see here that um, the guajillo pepper really relates more to those trending consumer needs than any other chili pepper. When it comes to authentic, it's four times more likely. Um, when it comes to unique, it's 1.6 times more than the benchmark for other chilies. And for premium, people are really looking for to elevate their dishes. Remember that kind of like indulgent with the guajillo pepper as well. Another thing I'd like to point out here is that there's many different preparation methods that are being used with this pepper, which is a great testament to its versatility as well. But one that really is um, leading the pack is stewed. And what our tip to you is when it comes to this pepper is to keep an eye out for those uh, regional Mexican salsas. I think someone was talking about regional cuisine earlier. And uh, if you haven't already tried it, those salsa matchas are incredible. And um, they really are using and leveraging a lot of this wahilo pepper. It's also being placed and paired very well with meat-rich dishes like the birria taco. So watch out for the wahilo pepper and also um, some of those great pairings and preparation methods that come along with it. Okay, we'll move on to the next trend here, six out of eight so far. As I mentioned in our 2023 trend predictions report, we saw that raise in um, women's health this is still taking place, but is really being highlighted specifically with certain ingredients like natural sugars. So if we look at the trend of health, like the generic word of health over time, we're seeing a decline, still 27.5% year over year. And that's quite significant. It's not, by the way, not to say that health is not important. I would actually argue the opposite. People are more dialed into their health than ever before. But it's not good enough to say something like this food is healthy. We need to call out the specific health claims. So you can see on the right that many of the most trending and growing health claims in social discussions are related to women's health. Leading the pack, we have hormone health. We also have menopause, women's health as a general category, things like fertility as well. So there's ways that as a company, you really, people are starting to talk about this and people are looking for answers in their food and beverage. Essentially, what does that mean, right? Women's health is a big, is a big topic and category, really, really important, but what does it mean for food and beverage and consumers? Now, I want to zoom in a little bit on hormone health as that was leading the growth. We're seeing specifically hormone health growing at over a hundred percent over the last two years. And people are looking again for these solutions in their food and beverage. So how do they do that, right? When it comes to ingredients that are most associated with women's health, according to consumers, um, and how they're speaking about women's health and, and what their needs are and how they're coming up with solutions, both in recipes, uh, in social media, there's even been some like e-retail that's been focused on this as well, really interesting products. You can see here, um, our tip is to focus on nuts and seeds. We're seeing six out of the top 12 ingredients for women's health are in the nuts and seeds category. We have chia, pumpkin seed, sesame, hemp seed, sunflower seed, Brazil nuts. And um, I know flax is on there as well. And you can see that these are also growing 
much more in relation to the concept of women health than they are in all the food and beverage conversations. So something that we have surfaced here is what's called the seed cycle. Dialing in on different parts of the menstrual cycle and highlighting different seeds and, and ingredients themselves to provide women the benefits they're looking for at different times in the cycle. It's um, things like a boost in progesterone or like I, I mentioned on the, the left of the screen here, finding aids for digestion and inflammation. And what my tip is, is calling out to all of the people here that are working with nuts and seeds and their products, specifically if you're looking in kind of the, the snacking field or something like that, that women are looking for these answers and these solutions from their food and beverage. So um, it does, it will do your brand good to acknowledge these, call them out, whether it's in your marketing or any on your packaging as well, and make sure that your consumers know that your you have in their best interest what's already in your product. Now, we mentioned at the beginning the natural sugars. So it's actually been studied many times that processed sugars are like really recognized culprits for disrupting hormone balance. So as you're adding sweeteners into your products as well, make sure you're opting for those natural sweeteners as well. In terms of natural sweeteners that are trending in, in relation to hormone health, we're seeing date syrup, we're seeing uh, manuka honey, honey, lacuma, a lot of interesting ingredients here. And um, something that I want to point out too is that 22% of food and beverage and hormone health discussions revolve around sugar quality and content. So this is an extremely important part when marketing your products um, to women as well. So make sure you, you don't do a great job in incorporating nuts and seeds and then using you know, a processed sugar to cancel out the benefit there. Also, I wanna point out too, that this is reflective of a broader shift in our understanding of what is taboo to talk about and what is not taboo to talk about. So depending on where you are in the world, especially let's say in the West, um, this is something that people are gaining, it's gaining momentum in, in the social discussions. And that is uh, something that you don't wanna stray away from in your, in your conversations. All right, guys, Southeast Asian flavors. And speaking of regional cuisine, this is a good time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. So we have, we're seeing growth across consumer needs for adventurous eating, unique experiences, and creative experiences. And each of these in and of themselves is important. But when we see this growth all together, it really means something. Now, we're looking for this kind of adventurous, unique, creative experiences, people often turn to different cuisines to experience them that are maybe unfamiliar to the Western palate. Now, in terms of different cuisines and trying different cuisines, people often are really open to experimenting in the frozen desserts category for flavors. So when looking at frozen desserts specifically and cuisines, we see on this, on this uh, graph here that there's a bunch of Asian cuisines on here. I also want to point out too that the uh, the leading the way in terms of growth is fusion. So while we're going to highlight a couple of these regional cuisines here and how they tie into those exotic and unique flavors, it might be a great idea to to link some of these together and create fusion flavors. I want to call out first from two perspectives. First the dishes that this applies to and next the flavors. So if we're looking at dishes themselves, we're seeing Korean bingsu in the uh, dessert category as showing a lot of presence actually on food in food service too. 
that when it comes to best sellers for these unique desserts, that um, Korean bingsu is more popular than in relation to other best-selling desserts. I also want to move this on to the Thai maize con yellow. Now, this is an interesting one because it highlights corn as the main ingredient, which is actually a familiar flavor in the Western palate, but it gives that unique, intriguing twist that brings in those Southeast Asian flavors. And the last dish I want to highlight too is the halo halo, which actually I tried once. It's, it's very unique. It's uh, layered and there's so many different flavors together. It's really cool. And that gives that unique exoticism where it's something that's unexpected. If we're looking at the flavors themselves, I want to point out that we have Korean flavors like red bean, which has been around for quite a while, but it's still showing 11% year-over-year growth in social discussions for that sweet and slightly nutty taste. We're also looking at um, pandan coconut, to give you that fragrant sweetness and creaminess. And something to watch out for is to uh, is the calamansi, which is this uh, the Filipino citrus fruit, and it has that tart and tangy flavor. So my tip is to incorporate these flavors into your frozen desserts and your beverages to expand on those consumer needs for that experiential eating. Now, the last thing I want to point out here is um, from our AI content agency, we saw that Trends around spicy were up year over year, that gochujang was up year over year, which aligns with the Korean unique and spicy. So we put that in and we saw a, an AI generated dish for a coconut gochujang delight ice cream. So maybe gochujang ice cream or, or flavor pairings thereof are the, the place to go. Sounds spicy and exciting. <laughs> spicy and exciting. All right, now Ozempic. This is a, a big shift when it comes to how people have been eating and their, their mindset in terms of weight loss. Now, the trend around weight loss has grown quite a bit over the last year. Now, this is specifically regarding weight loss medications like Ozempic, Barberine, and, and others. And this is really relevant because the FDA's recent, recent approval as ZepBound and why this is really important, why are we talking about this today, is that the consumer perception around weight loss is shifting. And how people are incorporating, let's say, weight loss medications into their, um, into their habits has changed from weight loss to weight management. Weight loss is not any longer just about the physical appearance. It's often about the weight-related concerns that come around with it. So what we're looking at here is that People, when we're talking about the idea of weight management, people are looking for more. They're looking for self-care, nourishing, vitality, mood boosting. This is, this is growing quite a bit. We're seeing that the narrative now centers on achieving overall well-being, whereas weight management becomes a part of the larger picture. And the sole focus is less about the losing the weight and more about the health-related aspirations. Now, in 2022, trends around weight loss were really centered around the keto diet. Now, if we fast forward to 2024, we're seeing a lot of growth in portion control itself. Portion control is the new way that people are controlling their diets, and they're using some of these medications to help them do just that. Now, this is not an easy job for brands, right? Because you want to align your products to make sure you're increasing that portion that, that need for portion control while also having those nutritional content, taste, and enjoyment to go along with it. 
So some examples of ingredients that are really highly trending in relation to weight loss or weight management, we have the pina colada ice cream, which is really highlighting pineapple as well. We also see that the, um, the pear berry weight loss smoothie is um, using some of that um, protein powder as well. So um, this is just a concept that it's a little bit of an early trend, but I did want to include it in the report because it's something that is, a, again, a mindset shift. And it's really important to track those early on because um, we're seeing that shift from weight loss to weight management and bringing in many different solutions on how to achieve that. I want to do a quick wrap up here. Those are the eight trends that we've been over. Now, to summarize, you guys don't have an easy job to do, but the tools are out there to help you increase that consumer knowledge and understand your consumers where they are so you can be on top of these trends and make sure that your brand stands out from the rest. Fantastic. Thank you so much, everyone. 